find himself trapped in the past, facing mirror images that were not his own, and driven by an unknown force to change history for the better. His only guide on this journey is Al, an observer from his own time, not who credits. appears in the form of a hologram that only Sam can see and hear. And so Dr. Beckett finds himself leaping from life to life, striving to put right what once went wrong, and hoping each time that his next leap will be the leap home. Oh boy, it's another episode of Ziggy Gets It Wrong, a Quantum Leap podcast. I'm Brian Levy, that's Evan the Mayor, Hello. Casey the Kasem. Howdy. Uh, today we are covering two, what? The, Not good episodes. The room what are you cons- talking about? The room considers them duds. <laughs> I consider them to be par for the course. Uh. Uh, first up, it's Disco Inferno. Second up, it's the uh, Americanization of Machiko. Um, both episodes 11 and 12 of the series, uh, season two, episodes three and four, two and three, two and three, something like that. At least that's, that's the Hulu order, which we watch, uh, even one of these episodes, not on Hulu. Okay. Uh, yeah. Episode 11 titled Disco Infernal, Infernal, Inferno, April 1st, 1976. It is not on Hulu. As Uh, previously mentioned, you will have to go to Amazon and purchase it for between, one ninety nine and two ninety nine. So first off, why do you guys think this was not on Hulu? Rights issues. Um, okay, so I, I took notes as I do. Okay, and there were two things that popped up on the episode. One, the song "Kung Fu Fighting" was in the background. Yep, the real song from the the copy that I bought off of uh, Amazon.com. Cityofthebreeze.com slash deals. If you would like to follow our journey through this uh, program. Yeah, buy the DVD sets. Buy, buy the DVD sets and or the single episode for one ninety nine in standard definition or two ninety nine in high definition. I, I you... highly recommend the high definition. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Al's baubles really sparkle. Yes, because it's a dollar more. Uh, this, uh, oh, so April 1st, 1976. In history, the, uh, uh, what do you call it, limited series miniseries yeah helter skelter premiered on cbs ah, charlie banson yeah just died and this is like the first time that the episode date coincides with our actual date no one's going to be oh. hearing this for weeks yeah but we're still recording this possibly on April 2nd. yeah yeah mm-hmm. not 1976 no 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 40 plus years later put it in a time uh, other thing that happened on april 1st april fool's day 1976 mm. apple is founded in the garage of steve jobs's parents house with Ooh. the waz wow so wow. like really a big historical day in a manner of wow. speaking <laughs> so anyway <clears throat> this episode is entitled uh disco inferno it, this is not one of my favorites. It's bad. This one is like <laughs> a mix of uh, Saturday, Night Saturday Night Fever, <laughs> Saturday Night Fever, and The Fall Guy. Um, that's fair. What? what so this is like for me. What are the take home messages for this episode? Don't None. be a stuntman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, be your own person. The Walendas were right. Let me just give like a really quick breakdown of this. He he leaps into a man who is in the middle of uh, disco dancing with a lady named Tracy Duvall Aquarius. Super sexy lady. Well, it's the 70s. Yeah. Um, what what, what the bothers me is that Sam leaps into a guy who's living in the 1970s, and he's like, oh boy, 
disco. There gets to be a certain point. And I'm like, Sam Beckett, you were a motherfucking disco fiend. I know you were. And he, he Al makes, loves it. He may, Of course Al loves it because there's coke involved in Studio 54 and all that stuff. But Sam is acting like the thing that – so the year is what, like 1990 at this point? And he's acting like the shit that was going on 13 years prior in his life was somehow on a different no, no, planet. No, so it's 1990 that the episode is airing. It's 1999 – or maybe even 2000, where Sam is. Big difference. Big so difference. Sam is like... Either way, but let's consider this. <laughs> so Sam's like 20 himself in 1976. Yes. He was, I think, 16 in 1967. So he would have all been about the disco. 25, yeah. Well, he was very busy, though, being like Sam Beckett. He's inhabiting a guy named, what, Chad so or something like not that? Not having fun? Yeah, being um, a doctor. And this guy's getting laid. Like, laid. Yeah, well... But Sam is a fucking panty-waist prude douchebag, and he, he makes remarks about how, Oh, I'm, in, I'm wearing a mood ring. This is from the self-obsessed 70s where everyone was getting in touch with their feelings. And, which, is, which is strange, because all Sam does is talk about his feelings. Like, if Sam was some kind of, like, horndog frat bro jumping through time, laying all these chicks, like... That would be a completely different show. It's never what he talks about. It's always, I don't love these girls, Al. Right, and I was like, right. just do it, Sam. Sam is so fucking Christian, he can't even bring himself to, like, have sex with a woman who is technically his wife uh, in many instances. He He's a little gun-shy about making... No, 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 actually, no. He's perfectly fine with making out with girls because he will pull away from the make-out sitch, point at the ceiling, and mouth the words, thank you. Which is weird because by the middle of the series, they've kind of given up on that. Like at some point, somebody him asks, being a super Christian. No, he's not like super Christian. <laughs> yes, he is. I, he's super prudish. Do you really pick up? Because like I've never picked up on any. Like just besides the fact that it's God, I don't find it to be that religious. I mean, what show. else? When do you we need? get into the <laughs> like, following he episode, he accepts it. The following episode, which which ends with a wedding scene, he makes constant references to the Lord. Uh, uh, you know, yeah. He, he's like, because we're getting married in the presence of, you know. Well, because, I mean, I feel like he thinks the guy's watching him. Well, not only is the guy watching him, it is literally intervening in other people's lives while manipulating him through time to fix other people's stupid little problems. But I still don't find it any to be any more religious than, let's say, Thor. <laughs> Really? Which also posits that the Norse gods were real. Oh, man. What if there was an episode of Quantum Leap where he leaps into Jesus? Uh, no. and then he's Sam, in. you've got to save Jesus Christ. He's going to get ratted out by Pontius Pilate and the Judas priest. So, of, <laughs> of, Judas of, priest. of course he would never. Judas Iscariot. Of course. <laughs> of, of, I mean, yeah, of course that's a uh, world event. He would never. Uh, get close to that the, right. He, he's not going back in time to box Hitler. He did jump into uh, <laughs> Memphis on April third, nineteen sixty-eight or nine, whatever year to King Elvis. was killed. No, no, King Martin Luther King uh, was shot in Memphis, oh and like God. he's like, I'm here to save. Uh, and this is the, this is in the comic books. This is the first issue of the comic. He's like, I'm here to save Martin Luther King, and Al's like, actually, you're, you're here, here to fix this toilet. No, no, he was there to uh, dangerous minds a class. Oh. Like he was, he was a lady teacher. He had to solve, like, save the barrio or something. So anyway, there's a lot in this episode. There's a lot of like women coming up to to Sam and being like, 
hey, remember me? And he's like, no. And then they're like, well, you were remembering me last night in your trailer. Oh, when we were having sex. Yeah, it's just boring. It's terribly boring. Uh, my favorite part was when... And Sam- the idea that like being a stuntman is some kind of better job than not dying all the time. My favorite part was when Sam is dangling from a girder and his hands are bleeding profusely because a woman who was jilted by his uh, not remembering who she was said, oh, well, maybe it was referring to a different stunt that he was doing. Maybe you were a flying fish, pushes him off a ledge. He's hanging on a girder. His hands are bleeding profusely. And then he falls through the, the, the glass-like you know, enclosure and lands on one of those air mats, but completely ruining the stunt for whatever movie that he's working on. And everyone's like, ha, 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 ha. And then he gets up and his hands aren't bleeding anymore. Like, All right, we'll, we'll have that set up in six hours, but we'll try uh-huh. it again. Mm-hmm. All those that pl- shot was really weird. Was I the only one that thought it, was, it just took me out of it? Just, it just didn't look real. Compared no. to the rest of the no. the show, like None it, of it. Look, yeah, I don't. I don't so the main the main it. plot line is this kid who uh, is the son of a stuntman, who the kid wants to be a musician, and he's the older brother of the kid, and he recognizes that the kid is very talented in music, and the father is like, "No, I want you to be a stuntman." And why you're, you're gonna because stunt he was it a stuntman, up. and his dad was a stuntman. <laughs> but is that this kind of thing that like? Excuse me, it's stuntman. Hi, I'm Bill Stuntman of Stuntman and Sons. Like, you know, that's exactly it, it. No, but this really is like the story of the Walendas, those people, that family that keeps walking on tightropes and falling to their death. Mm. Uh, right. But uh, they're stuntmen. Notable. Uh, one stuntmen. item that is notable about this episode is that Sam remembers that he has a brother who died. In Vietnam. Yep. In Vietnam. In yep. Vietnam. Um, I wonder if that comes up again. In the question zone of Ziggy gets it wrong, Ziggy is unavailable in this episode. Ziggy crashes. What? I don't understand that. I mean, is that just like the the uh, the writers trying to figure out the answer to the episode, but not even being like, there's I, no I, way we can quantify this? It was just super lazy. Yeah. Because Al could have just been like, Ziggy says that you got to get this, uh, spoiler alert, to get this uh, young man into music. Like, And if you don't want to make Ziggy a factor, it's like, what, it's like Ziggy says you got to get him. Yeah, Ziggy says you got to get him music. We're just not even like kind of unsure about this. That's yeah. just what we're doing. Um, I'm sorry. The other uh, thing that may have precluded this episode from being on Hulu was the footage of uh, Saturday Night Live, which featured a Coneheads sketch with Bill Murray in it. I oh, don't yeah. Know, I don't know why that would, other than the fact that even on Hulu, even though both shows are owned by NBC, there's a lot of weird shit obviously going on with SNL. Rights issues. And their footage and this and that and the other. One notable item. The first season of Saturday Night Live was 1976. Uh, the first appearance of the Coneheads was January 15th, 1977. The date of this episode is April 1st, 1976. Not only did Ziggy get it wrong, this show got it wrong. Guys, there's a similar problem in the next episode. Or did time change? And the tone heads were introduced earlier. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah. So, it's a dud. It sucks. Uh, Americanization of Machiko. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We're not getting to that. Oh, we're not there yet? Because I need to get into what Al wore. Okay, Al's fashion, uh, Evans Fashion Corner featuring Al Calavici. <laughs> do, 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 do. Al shows up wearing a white suit with floral lapel, lapels. Uh, also, uh, so what 
made this stick out to me was he was all about wearing disco attire when no one can see him except for Sam. So what the fuck does it matter? He could show up wearing an undershirt and a girdle and it wouldn't matter. It is not apropos to where he is in time. So you never really get a sense of... Oh, he also has a man purse. uh, You never really get a sense of how many people are working on Project Starbright or Mm -hmm. Project Quantum Leap. Mm -hmm. Uh... there's Gushy and Verbita Binks, um, and then there's another person. I'm not going to tell you who. Okay. But, his wife? Uh, his wife. <laughs> his uh, wife. But, and, and Tina, you know, Al's sometimes All girlfriend. Right. <laughs> well, what do you think? Is it not his fifth wife? Or? or whatever. I think it's just his girlfriend. What Did do you think the Niagara people Falls? who work When with- he walks into work and they're like... Nice outfit, Al. Yeah, like, because theoretically, it's a military project. Yes. Shouldn't, like, there... I mean, that one episode where he's wearing his admiral uniform, I'm like, okay, well, he's capable of looking dapper. It's not that he should be wearing that every day, but doesn't (laughs) doesn't he have, like... But he's uh, wearing it, like, in theory. I mean, I think in the following episode, he gets changed twice in one day. Because, you know, the evening does not pass in this one episode, and he shows up wearing two different outfits... From scene to scene. Because as we've discussed, it's Bill and Ted rules. You always have to wind, you know, the time in San Dimas is continuing to roll. Right. As well. Well, as he had t- to go get changed from, you know, breakfast to lunch. Uh, the other thing he's wearing in this episode, a blue suit with some sort of triangle pendant, which makes a reappearance in the following episode. It is just, it's like zoot And a suits. shiny tie. Very shiny ties. He dresses like Meshach Taylor from uh, Mannequin. Oh, also, Hollywood Montrose. one of the reasons that I, I was mentioning Sam being some sort of uber prude and or Christian is because he was upset about the morality of the 70s. What's the morality of the 70s? Like, why don't we talk about the morality of the fucking 80s? The Me Too generation? But Squash the poor, but bro. See, but see, here's where you're wrong, because at this point in the 80s, and this is the same thing that led like Gene Roddenberry to put a therapist on the new enterprise, <laughs> it's all about like psychiatry at this point, self help stuff, right? And like uh, Sam's a very Zen guy, you know. He's so very Christian, but you can be Zen and Christian <laughs> at the same time. No, maybe you, can't. you know why? <laughs> yes, because because hell does exist. That's not up for debate. Ooh, timely reference. Whoops! Well, I don't know when this is coming out. Well, there's. I-, I think we're coming up on Boogeyman soon. Which is really weird. And then there's also always the question of who's if, if God is controlling Sam, who's controlling the evil leapers? Uh, yeah, uh, spoiler I can't alert. wait to get into that. I can't wait. I mean, that, that I is... have not seen it yet. I have heard about it, and I cannot wait yeah, it sounds to awful. do what I do I'm and just get all saying. rantified. No, the, the evil leapers are pretty great. There's more than one? Well, I mean, there's the evil leaper, and then there's her, like, Al. Oh, and then her it's Al, a her her Al leaps Arr. once, and then she, she has fuck the evil she, leaper. She, ooh, ooh, ooh. I mean, because look, there are two people. Wait, does the evil leaper work for Satan? That's who knows. We'll get there. I mean, if you got the big guy, then you've got the other big guy. At th- at that point, we're going to be so into this show, <laughs> like we, we will be able to like just do nothing but talk about that. Huh. So yeah. All right, moving right along to the Americanization of Machiko or Machiko. Uh, in in the theory of Star Trek, and I, I'm going to talk about Star Trek a lot on the show. In the theory of Star Trek, there is like Kirk versus God, Kirk versus robots, Kirk versus war and women. And, well, he's always Kirk and women. He doesn't. He's not Ooh. necessarily adversarial. It's the same way almost in Quantum Leap. Yes. Uh, Sam versus uh, racism uh-huh. 
is the major one. Is this the theme of that episode, though? Because I don't think that it is. Uh, so there's one guy that hates this Japanese woman, and then the he's, mother hates the Japanese I'm woman. I'm going to give that guy a lot of credit. He's legit creepy. Like, I <laughs> like... Rusty? I like... Th- so I really like this episode. It's okay. Because it's, it's... It's up there with, with the boxing episode with the nun... It's not bad. It's just not. It's like a. It's a it's nice. Like a, it's a nice Wonder Bread and peanut butter. We forget what it's like to have to watch twenty four episodes of television or create twenty four episodes because everything we're watching is like 12, 12 13, yeah. You know. No, that's true. Uh, there was a lot of week to week filler. Okay, on these shows. August fourth, nineteen fifty three. Uh, big day in history. Actually, it was uh, some riots in Chicago when uh, one of the public housing projects was integrated. And uh, the, the the riots and the unrest lasted for quite some time. And that young boy became President Barack Obama. The name. <laughs> Hold on. Let me see if I have this drawn up. And if I don't, then I don't. So never mind. I don't remember the name of the... It's, it's, it's some sort of housing project. Anyway, um, great opening to this episode where Sam is a, is a dumb Navy sailor. And then he accidentally just leaves his wife. <coughs> Completely who, ditches her. Who is like uh, a Japanese woman in full, you know, Japanese. He doesn't know that he's married. No, he just like gets in the truck with his dad and his wife is like, oh, oh Where's my husband? Charlie's son. Oh, where are God. you? So did I forget, is is Charlie coming back from Korea or WW2? Well, I'm assuming that he married a Japanese woman and was stationed in Japan. But during Korea, I, I don't he know. He might have been is. in Korea. I don't yeah. know. But the other guy that absolutely hates the Japanese woman. Who at a certain point in the episode yells at a baseball game, I hate Japs! Yep. He definitely served in World War II. Man, this uh, this show. Hmm. Different were, times. Well, Different but, times. But I wonder if that was like a fight they had. They're like, look, we can't send him here like to fight against racism and not real and not actually show the racism. It was it was well, so the parts about the mother who hated the Japanese woman that she was never explicit about it be, being World War II related. It was all about the daughter that had died. No, she was just uh, institutionally racist. Like she was just timey racist. Yeah, she was just uh, oh, they're different. Right. I'm not into well, it. Well, I think that's how they posed. My floors are clean enough for your shoes. Yeah, like she, but she was just not ready for a daughter-in-law. I did enjoy problem. the love triangle. Uh, I forget the lady's name, but Stacy Hayduck. She is what we call a trollop. So, state. So that that <laughs> actress played Lana Lang in the uh, Superboy TV show no. uh, in the eighties, and she was also on the first season of Sequest DSV, a show I hope to get to. One she was day. so hope comically overtly sexual with Sam, and he again is like, oh my god, the part where he's in the barn and he's angrily throwing hay. Like he's he's not doing anything at all productively. He's just tossing hay and he's all mad and he takes his shirt off and then she comes in and she's about to disrobe and she's like, "You can touch me everywhere." Seriously, like really racy. Did that scene that scene reminds me of two other things. This For- is actually my favorite scene of the episode because that happens then she's on top of him. And then the, oh, Machiko the, comes running out naked. She come, yeah, she's just walking around topless, like in the yard, because that's what Japanese people do, <laughs> guys. And this... then the church group shows up, and then they all come to the barn while Sam is being mounted by this girl, and there's a big old pig in the background, guys. Great. So Sam uh, doing hey shirtless is Kevin Bacon and Footloose, mm. but the rest of the scene is flat out in son-in-law. 
Oh, is it starring Polly Shore and Carla Gugino? Yeah, except ex- and and uh, was I right about Carla Gugino? You are, except and it's um, so Tiffany Amber Thiessen is the trollop. Oh, and Tiffany Amber Thiessen definitely goes after. Uh, God, what was Polly Shore's name? Uh, Groot or whatever. <laughs> it's close. Uh, in the barn. Uh huh. And it's, it's, it was just my favorite visual of him just like the past the he's pastor just, was there. he's just throwing hay because he's so mad about like uh, uh uh oh he was mad about the f- <laughs> this fucking dude this guy rusty who hates hates japs according to himself uh he in broad daylight goes into the middle of the town square and paints jap go home in white paint on the truck in front of everybody and no one stops him no one says a word yep. and they're just kind of like Oh, Rusty. No one's like, hey, Rusty, I'm not going to like get into a fight with you, bro, but that's not cool. Yeah, no one no one even gives a not cool, Rusty. Also, We're I don't know if this way. was intentional, but Charlie is this character's name. Charlie is a nickname for the Viet Cong. Yeah, but it's a different thing. I know. <laughs> the, another favorite moment of mine not the is same, when he's, not when the he, same Asians. When he's talking to uh, Machiko, or I'm sorry, Machiko? M- Machiko. Machiko. Okay, let's just say Machiko. Machiko he, he's, talk, he's, he's instructing her about how there's equal rights in in 1950s America where the women can choose to do what they want to do. What? I'm yeah, sorry. Really? I mean, I get that Sam is saying that because he's really from 2000, but really setting uh, Machiko up for disappointment. Failure. Yeah, it's like nah. I'm a woman in the. I'm a woman in 19. I'm a Japanese. I'm an woman. 80s lady. Yes, like <laughs> let's get you some shoulder pads. Oh, what about her? Uh, her uh, makeover. Yes, where, where she's uh, wearing horror paint because the 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 trollop like paints her up in the car and then sets her up to call a bunch of people fat. Oh my god! What I thought was going to happen was that uh, Machiko was going to be just sort of clueless about the whole thing. Like, people were going to be offended, and she was just like, what, what'd I do? But no, she was like, I think you're a huge bitch, bitch. Oh, don't talk to me. I thought that was pretty great. You don't often see, like, the actual comeuppance, like, you know, the person getting yelled at. That's right. always like, just don't worry about it that. It did happen, and then, uh, oh, hold on, let me get to what Al wears. Oh, first of all, let's get to Ziggy. Ziggy is in this episode. Ziggy figures you're gonna you're here not to marry the blo- the bottle brunette, as Al puts it. Ninety seven percent chance. Got it right. So right? he got it right, but not really. It's Why a, it's not a really? Ziggy like Sam was already married. It's also a passive action, but like there there is nothing to act on. You know, well, stop her from getting murdered is oh, there's going to be a fight because there's going to yeah. be a murderer. No, don't marry this other woman that you're not already married to when you're married to somebody else. It's well, not f- like a it's not a mission. That whole episode basically, if if Rusty hadn't tried to kill this this woman, then there would have been no difference. No, because if you remember. The whole issue was that the mother never in their original timeline, the mother never accepted her, mm. and therefore she, she left. Went home. She went so, and was, so oh, and withered away. Right, right, right. The side plot was he had to get his mother to accept her. But and did then, she though? Because yes, because at the end she, she showed, showed up. She put on that kimono. Her entire monologue in the hospital was. I can't say to her what I couldn't say to Eileen or Ellen or whatever. But that was a pretty big reveal when you when you see when the you sister find out that the herself. sister like got pregnant and fucking drove off a bridge and killed herself. Well, because mom was so mean. Yeah, 
and mom instead of being a, was too southern and proud or wherever these people are from. I was like, gonna say I thought he was talking about it being in Middle America, but it was very clearly in some sort of. I think Alabama it was in Toledo. Town. Toledo. Uh, well, because wait, the, ba- the baseball Toledo? the baseball team Toledo's in Ohio. The baseball team. What? Is... Okay, if it's in Ohio, then why do they have southern yeah. accents? Well, you Oak, have the Oak Creek, Ohio. Oak Creek, Ohio. Ohio. Well, yeah, oh, you looked up the episode. Yes, I did. Yeah, because okay, Ohio. Well, is not known for its southern charms and uh, and accents, but it is known for its racism in certain parts. I don't give a shit. Everyone in, in this episode had Oak a Creek southern Creek accent. Going. Naomi the Trollop had a huge southern accent. The father had a southern accent. The preacher did not have a southern accent. The mayor had a southern accent. That mayor was like, well, hello, sir. I'm very glad to meet you, Dr. Machinko. She's the insane clown posse? She's a doctor. <laughs> Dr. Malenko, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, another good. Oh, sorry. Hold on. Al fashion updates. Al wears a black suit, a very loud tie, and his triangle pendant from the previous episode. Al wears an all-orange ensemble with polka dot suspenders. And then toward the end of the episode, he is wearing a suit because he's at a wedding. We're okay with the, with the mean mom wearing the kimono and stuff, right? That's yeah. how she's showing oh, her. Did except- she? I didn't even see that part. That I was didn't at the end attention. during the, the I was only American wedding. The she showed up in the kimono. <laughs> Kind of like cultural appropriation. She, yeah, but I think I think that's okay. Yeah, because she was trying to say, Hold "Hey, on. I right. accept." Now you. we got to talk about the the act three, like not the the wedding scene, but the you know the danger scene. Okay, where Machik Doctor Malenko gets <laughs> yelled at by the mom, like, "Don't even look at me!" And she runs out into the bad weather, which I couldn't tell whether this was like a tornado situation. I yeah. Or something. Anyway, there's a lot of wind and some rain. rain. And uh, she just randomly is girl running, like, out in the bad weather down the road. And Rusty the racist stops his <laughs> truck, and she just gets in the truck. Well, she's... And then they drive off, and she's all of a sudden sort of like, hmm, this is... I immediately regret this decision. Well, okay. Uh, please let me out. So, first off, she didn't realize it was Rusty. Because we all look how do you, alike. How do you oh. <laughs> you know, she's not. She wasn't. She's like She gets in the car. She's like, oh, balls. Oh, like, boy. Like, oh, oh boy. Uh, Charlie keeps saying, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, this is. I don't know who the actress was. It's okay. Like, the accent. Is it comical or is it just like. It just needs to be done. Dude, I don't even know because she was attaching, attaching the word Sam to everybody's name. And it, it was so, like, 1980s, like. This is what a Japanese person does. Right. Do you think, like, the actress... I hope the actress was, like, some young Californian woman named Jennifer. And she's like, excuse me, guys, could I punch this up just a little bit? It was at least, like, vaguely respectful to the Japanese culture. Because it's like, yeah, I want to wash his feet. That's what we do. You know, oh, I'm washing the floor because that's... that's, uh, But do they? I I don't know. Is it offensive? Look, Fanzone, when you finally get wind of this episode, tell us whether this episode is culturally offensive in six months we're i think like, it's certainly <laughs> <laughs> i certainly it's like oh we've moved to, on to far more racist things in quantum leap yeah yeah, yeah. uh i do think that it borders on offensive but it just i did not find it offensive i found it to be like quaint almost sure like oh, yeah this is what we were doing back then like this is how we were portraying people from another front. but then again it was 1953 so she would show up in like a kimono or whatever, and and kind of walk around like a uh, little shuffly. 
I don't Wouldn't know. She? I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm pretty sure the I Japanese don't live back then. Pretty sure the Japanese were wearing suits by 1953. Not the women. I don't know. Not the the married brides of naval officers. They were wearing pantsuits. Yeah, they were all Hillary Clinton. So, so. <laughs> okay, so we haven't gotten to the to the the penult- penultimate moment where. This is where the whole thing falls apart. She gets in the truck with Rusty. Rusty's basically like, I don't like the Japs. And he's drinking whiskey. And he offers her some whiskey. And she wouldn't take any whiskey. She's like, oh, no, I don't know if you know this, but my people do not do well with whiskey. We get all red. Mm. Like, it's not great. But they basically park at his, like, barn or whatever the fuck it is. And he's, like, explaining to her the reason that it's not even because of the war, because of what the Japanese did Pearl Harbor never gets mentioned. The reason he hates Japanese people is because of baseball. Because he was like, I was supposed to be a a pro league baseball player. And then I rotted away in the Pacific for two or three or whatever years. And then I came back and lost my arm. You know what it's like to lose an arm, bitch. I'm not sure if you know. I'm pretty sure he blames the Japanese for having to go to war. That's what. That's the way I read it. But then, it not only it. does he do that, he compares him not being able to throw as good as he used to to actually losing, losing his arm. arm in and war. And he wants to cut off her arm because he lost his arm, but not really. He just can't throw baseballs as fast. Also, here's here's the other question: What happens three days from now? Also, like because Rusty's on. still in town. Hold on one minute, and let's let's contemplate how old this guy Rusty is, because most of the guys that were going to the Pacific were in there like. Early twenties, right? So he's twenty eight, at at or thirty two. Like, cause and you expect you to be pitching burners like at the that age. But at he that never point? got the chance. Mm. Oh well. Well, maybe that's why he. Uh, it's interesting because it, hold it, on, what was he throwing when he was in the barn? What was he throwing that hit Doctor Malenko in the head? Well, was it a rock? Probably. I don't know. But there is this whole, like, in baseball history, there is this fact that a lot of guys who were, like, set to be stars before the war come back and just weren't. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it makes you tired. War makes you tired. If I, I mean, I'm not saying a... that he's right for going after Machiko. <laughs> Machiko. But, Machiko. You know. Malenko. So, yeah. So, those are the two episodes of... Uh, Leap. Yeah, the, the episode basically ends with, like, absolutely no ridiculous Quantum Leap twist. It's just he has to remarry this woman. In an American wedding, even though they've already been married once, and that's it's it. important for us to note that this oh, episode footnote this ep- we, we we record in Baltimore. This episode takes place in 1953. It mentions the Baltimore Orioles, it does. an epi- uh, a baseball team that was not in existence until 1954. <laughs> right. Uh, that's another uh, little. Uh, well, uh, my footnote was going to be the ending. Oh, where, sure. Where Sam leaps into episode seven of season one. He goes back to Jesse Tyler. He goes back to Jesse Tyler. So, <laughs> and your, your copy pasted explanation reads as such At the end of the episode, Sam leaps into Jesse Tyler, the back chauffeur from season one, episode six, suggesting that the episodes do not occur in chron- chronological order. That is absolutely not what it's suggesting. Because uh, you've already seen a leap into Jesse. Not only would it not be in chronological order, but the implication is that he repeated a leap. Sometimes he's got to do it again. So Sam and Al's point of, from Sam and Al's point of view, the episodes were likely reordered to avoid having two sequential episodes with racial themes. The reason this episode ends with a leap into the color of truth, that's the title of the sixth episode, seventh episode, is because that installment was originally scheduled to air as a rerun a week later on Wednesday, October 18th, 1989. 
However, the screening was preempted due to NBC's coverage of the Lona Prita earthquake, which occurred on October 17th. Since that re- rerun never aired, recap scenes from Machiko were subsequently edited onto the beginning of the October 25th premiere of What Price Gloria. So I love What Price Gloria. Here's the biggest problem I have with this decision. They fucked up the continuity of the show for the sake of a rerun? No, you forget continuity didn't matter and no one watched the first season of Quantum Leap. Mm. It didn't matter. I was pissed. As soon as I saw that, I was like, whoa. It's weird. I'm almost as angry about that as I was about the season one finale where they show him in a bathtub as a lady. and uh... That's the leap into what price Gloria. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Which makes me wonder, why don't they fix these things? Yeah. It, so. Yeah. And like we have the technology. Right. To like we, get rid of the leap into Jesse footage and oh, replace it with. The, you, you, you just said we have the technology and now I want nothing more than a quantum leap. Six million dollar man. Crossover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he leaps in the 1970s and meets. Uh, what's his name? Steve uh, Austin. Steve <laughs> Great. All right. I got an I have an answer for you. Yeah, though, yeah, yeah. About why they don't fix oh, these this things. It's been thirty three minutes. Wow. Yeah, well, that far happens. longer than any previous. I did not expect to spend this much time talking about these two, a one not good episode at all, and the other a mediocre. Well, episode. it gives you, it gives you a little room to spread out and think about things. Mm, yeah, I love spreading, man spreading. Not on subways <laughs> or metros. Eat fresh. This episode brought to you by Subway. Try the weekly $5 foot long, whatever it is at this day and time when you're listening to it. Use the code. Tuesdays is the tuna salad, I believe. Use the code Ziggy's <laughs> wrong and get 10% off at checkout. <laughs> Not a guarantee. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, stay tuned for the next episode of Ziggy Gets It Wrong. Where we tackle episodes 13 and 14. I didn't look them up what they were. I'm sure they're great. Uh, yeah. They're all great. I mean, are they really? None of these are bad to watch. Feeling good about this series, you guys. Yes, yeah, it's, it's I fun. can't believe that we did this. Yes, yeah, uh, we I'm, couldn't even make a show about the wire, but we're making show a show about quantum. It's a little less depressing. Than yeah, the wire. I would say the wire <laughs> makes you feel bad. And this show makes you feel good. Well, not only that, but the wire, you feel like you've got to really dig into the material and spend a lot of time like talking about everything that's going on and thematically and historically and this and that and the other. This show is just like fluffy. Next week, I'll bring a pile of the comics and, we'll, and we can dig into those. Mm. Uh, sooner or later. That'll right. be one of the appendix episodes. Sooner or later for a patch. Appendix note. episode. W- uh, one of them will be about the book and the, the, the comics. You mean books? And then <laughs> books. And then one about Mike Post. I know oh, yeah. I want to do that for sure. Oh, we should definitely look at Donald Belisario, who was a hit maker. Oh, very good. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. See you. Woo.